Good morning, everyone. Um, if you'd all like to take a seat, I'll, I'll kick off. So uh, let me start by an introduction. So my name's Tom Williams, and I've got my family lurking around here on the, the, the first row. It's my beautiful wife, Sarah. We've been married for eight years. Um, it's my big girl, Gracie. Give me, give me a wave, Gracie. Barry's just learned, she's five years old, she's just learned to ride her bicycle without stabilizers. And can read some pretty big words without spelling out the letters. And then there's Noah, the crazy one with the, the mad curls down there. Noah, are you going to give him a wave? No, not so bothered. He's not, he's not very obedient, my boy. <laughs> but he's, oh, he's, he's hilarious. He, um, he was ki played King Herod in the school nativity play, stole the show. He's uh, hilarious. And then there's the last one of the tribe, which is baby Edward down there, who's one years old. By, by, by a distance, the noisiest person we've ever made. Um, but and anyway, we're the Williams family, and we, we live in Wimbledon. Now, I'm part of the Vineyard Kids team, um, and on that basis, Manny and Sinead, um, they asked us to come and talk to you about our journey as, as Christians. All sounded a bit daunting. Um, I mean, like any good organization, our family's got a clear chain of command, so Sarah and I talked about it, and, and she's delegated quite a bit of the speaking to me this morning. So, so what I'm going to try and do is talk to you about, um, yeah, my journey is a... a a Christian, and particularly how that's, that's going to shape my, my family life. Um, so, going right back to the beginning, I, I was brought up in a, a wonderful family in Bedfordshire. I, I was the youngest of three brothers, um, had a brilliant dad, really hardworking, still one of my best friends to this day, and, and the best mum in town, just an amazing lady. So kind, so encouraging, just a real inspiration to all that she met. Um, and we had a, a sprinkling of Christianity in our lives. Uh, most of us believed. Uh, Mum always went to church on a Sunday and kind of dragged us along for the, for the big services. Um, but it was never a fundamental part of our lives. I mean, church was a, a very different experience than I see here. So, the, you know, the, the vibrant kids' church and youth church was, that wasn't my village life. You know, we had cold pews and lots of, lots of sitting still. So, not, never this, this was never an option for us. Anyway, when I was a tiddler, I used to walk around. I had bruises and bumps all over my head. It used to be ever so strange. And mum always tells a story. She, she used to push me around on the shopping trolley. And, and all the mums would look a bit suspiciously at her, thinking, hey, you know, how did that happen? And they got quite concerned. So took me to hospital, did some tests, and, and I got diagnosed with haemophilia. That's quite a big word, for a, even for a Sunday morning, that. So I don't know, for, for those of you who don't know what haemophilia is, it, it basically means my blood doesn't work as well as other people. So I don't clot like I should. Um, now, my, my dad, I think this is a, just a brilliant dad reaction to, to that kind of a news. He, he decided he was going to do something about it. So he drove to, immediately to, to B&Q, whatever it was called back then, um, brought every bit of foam padding that he could find in the store and literally just decked out the whole of my downstairs, every bit of wall, every bit of furniture. And the idea is I could just bounce around and never, ever get hurt. So um, obviously, mum was in charge of keeping things normal. So all that came down at the end of the weekend. And, and yeah, and, and life was, life was you know, pretty normal. Um, I had to do a few things differently as a result. So I, I didn't play contact sports, no football, rugby, cricket, watch out, um, and no fighting. Never been a massive impulse of mine anyway. Um, um, I had to take my injections regularly, and, um, and I had a few problems with my knee. Nothing too bad. Spent a bit of time on crutches and, and in a wheelchair, but nothing substantial. I tell you, my, my childhood was wonderful. Um, just, 
I was so blessed. Wonderful family, just as good as it gets. Um, wonderful school, great friends. I, I was very lucky. Um, and then, so when I was still at school, actually, my mum fell ill. Um, and really tough time for us as a, as a family. I, I, I reflect on it now, and I've got these... I've got wonderful memories of it, in a bizarre, which sounds a very bizarre thing to say, but we as a family got so tight through it that uh, you know, it, there were some fond memories somehow that, that came from it. But it was also a very important time for me in my Christian life um, for a couple of reasons. Firstly, we were supported by our local vicar, um, and, and he came and spent a huge amount of time with us, and it was the first time ever in our family that the church had ever really been at the centre of our family. And, and he was a wonderful man of God and, and made such a positive impact. And the other reason was a bit more direct. I mean, someone, right at the end, they asked my mum if she'd had any regrets, which I, I, I'm trying to understand how that could have been an appropriate question for someone to ask. But anyway, they asked if she had any regrets. And the only one she called out, she said, I've had a, a wonderful life, but I do wish that my, my children uh, had a deeper faith and had got more involved in the church. So kind of been responding, and not in, a, you know, in an open way, I suppose she put it. So I, I took that on board, thought I'll give church a, a go, um, and started going to confirmation classes, which I think is a bit like Alpha, um, to learn more about it. Started going to uh, <laughs> a, bit, I, <laughs> a bit more formal, a bit more formal. <laughs> maybe not, maybe not. Um, and, and I wasn't there reluctantly, but I know, you know we say it here, it doesn't really matter why you turn up in the first place. And it was really useful for me because it helped convert my, my faith into to something a bit more meaningful. Um, so, I'm now I'm in my, my early 20s. I'm thinking, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Christian now. Um, I moved to London, even got a Christian girlfriend. Uh, started going to church in this grubby old schoolhouse in Putney that those of you who have been here a while would know it as our former home. And, and I loved it. I, I got taken under the wing of this beautiful couple, uh, Ritz and Anine Statler, and they, they, they got me into house group, just got me into the rhythm of church. And, and you know, before I knew it, I started thinking a little bit differently about, about life. Now, I didn't get to settle too long at Vineyard because I just started work as a management consultant. Um, and so I spent the next few years living and working around, uh, around Europe. And wow, just such an exciting time. You know, I had great health. I lived a privileged life, work, living and working in these wonderful cities. Just, I felt hugely, hugely blessed at the time. But uh, that's my noisy child, I told you. Uh, <laughs> but it was around about that time when you start thinking about your, your future um, and my dream of, of having a family. Now, this was a little bit more complicated for me because when I was young, I, um, through the treatment I had for haemophilia, I, I was infected by um, some, some dodgy blood. So they, they weren't so hot on the screening of donors way back then, so I unfortunately got hepatitis C. I, I was relatively very fortunate. Um, a lot of my um, fellow haemophiliacs got far, far worse than I. So, so got hepatitis C. Um, what is hepatitis C? It's a, it's a disease that affects your liver. Now, when you, when you first get it, you, you know, people don't actually often realize they've even got it. Um, but over the course of time, it can cause problems, and, um, and it's passed through childbirth just like haemophilia. Now, um, I, if, what did it mean for me? It, it meant for me that relationships were quite complex. So I had to find someone that, that was going to deal with all that medical baggage um, and, and accept me for that. And, and the prospect of having a family was quite hard to, hard, hard to envisage back then. Um, so I decided to do something about it. 
right back then, there was a new medication that, that was out on, I don't know, for release on the market, whatever the term is. Uh, and it was a 12-month program. It had an 80% chance of success. Um, and I was told it was a, a pretty rough treatment. It was a cytotoxic drug that was described to me as, as being like a, almost a lightweight chemotherapy. Um, but the odds were stacked in my favor. I was young, I was fit, I was healthy, and the doctors gave me real confidence that this treatment was, was, was going to cure it. Um, so the only advice they told me, uh, they said, you've just got to make sure you, you stay healthy over the year and you don't take a pause in your treatment. Whatever happens, make sure you keep consistently taking your treatment. So, so that's exactly what I did. Um, and I, I think I leaned into my faith like I've, I've never done before. So I... I, I read the Bible every day. I prayed incessantly. I, I, I immersed myself in worship music and just put my faith in God. I, I knew that this wasn't his plan for me. He, he didn't want this in me. Um, so started my, my, my treatment. And, and it, was, it started okay. Um, managing, manageable, kind of challenging. But after um, a, a month or so, my relationship didn't survive it. But Particular, particular challenge was maybe after three or four months, I, um, I fell ill. Um, I was out working out in Copenhagen at the time, and my, I got rushed to hospital um, on an ambulance, um, by an ambulance, not on an ambulance, they actually put me in it. Um, <laughs> um, and um, it took them a little while to actually work out what was wrong with me. So I, had to, I think it was the third operation they actually diagnosed me properly um, with having the burst appendix. But, but by then, my stomach was all a bit messed up. I'd lost quite a lot of weight. Um, and critically for me, they told me I had to pause taking my treatment. And I had the words of the doctors still ringing in my ears. Um, so I, I was in a great shape, so I, I went back to, to live with my dad. Um, I, I took nine months off work, lived with my dad, who was based out in Surrey at the time. Not that I point over there as being sorry. I do point a lot, but though you may get that. <laughs> um, there's probably not Putney either, just if you haven't worked out. Um, so I, it was quite a weird time for me, though. So I'm, I'm living with my dad, mid-20s. I'm single. I'm quite isolated from my friends. They're a long way away, li living a long way away from me. And I'm, I'm having some medication. It's not easy to talk to people about. So not, and I'm, I'm obviously physically not that well. So a really strange time in my life. Um, I actually went to Red Hill Vineyard at the time on my own and, and got a lot from that, a lot of strength from that. But I always had faith that um, God was still in this. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't in this alone. Um, so counting, literally counting down the days till I find out the results of the treatment. And it was a 12-month treatment, and the results you'd find out three months later. Um, and I remember going to results day with my dad. We went to Roehampton, which is over there, I know that. Uh, <laughs> and we went to, to the hospital in Roehampton to pick up the results. Um, and I, I, I couldn't believe it. Um, uh, it hadn't been successful. So um, I, the virus was still inside me, um, it, living, thriving. I, you know, I challenged the hospital at the time, thinking, yeah, how, how, can, this, how can this be? Is there any chance of mistake? Um, and it was you know, categorically it was still living and, and breathing inside me. Um, so I, I was so disappointed at the time. And I put all that faith in God. And I felt like I got let down by him. Um, I couldn't quite reconcile how this was his plan for, for me. 
Um, and my overriding emotion, I remember back then, was just, I felt hugely scared, because there's me. How, how can I imagine a life where I'm going to find someone that, that deals with that? I, maybe I could understand that, but the prospect of having a family seemed... Yeah, seemed something for, for other people at the time. So, so I found it hugely difficult. But um, moved to, back to London, went back to work. It's amazing how life just carries on. And I, I started having fun. It was a lot of freedom. Started going out, seeing lots of my friends. Could go to bed whenever I wanted, wake up where, whenever I wanted. And I kind of reflect on it now and think, yeah, there's a bit to that. I can, I'd welcome back now. No, I like what I've got, Sarah. I like what I've got. Uh, but... Um, but actually, that's the time that I, I met Sarah. I met her in this grimy little bar in, in London. Um, it was through a friend from school. This, he's a hilarious lad. And I, he, he's, context is, he, um, he can never quite understand how his old mate from school is now a Christian. Um, he, I think he finds it kind of confusing and amusing in equal measure. But he, he had this, this, um, um, this friend, Sarah, that, that he worked with. And I got speaking to Sarah, and I thought, wow, you know, she's beautiful, she's, she's kind, she's funny, um, and she's... Keep it coming, keep it coming. Uh, yeah, yeah, all right. <laughs> I had loads more, I'm going to stop there. Uh, not on my head to swell. Um, and she was a Christian. Um, and believe it or not, I actually asked her out on the first date that night, and I asked her for a first date in Southwest London Vineyard. It started there, and in hindsight, I look back on that, and I'm not sure how that ever felt like it was a good idea, but you know, something must have been right. Um, but I was definitely getting excited. You know, this one was a keeper, um, but, but really nervous too, because I thought, you know, all these complications, is that something that's, that's, that's just going to knock this on the head early? And it was very fresh in my mind at the time. Um, I made the decision to tell her pretty on. It was, this is a big conversation to have someone when you're two or three weeks into a relationship. Um, so I, I told her my, my conditions, um, and, and I tell you, her reaction was incredible. She, she just took it in her stride, said, yeah, need to think it through, but not to worry about it. We, we spoke the next day, uh, met up, and she said, look, I've thought it through. I've chosen you, not your circumstances, and I'm, I'm with you. Um, I mean, this is two or three weeks into a relationship, so this isn't, you know, we hadn't, met, we hadn't made major commitments to each other at this time, but um, um, just absolutely blew my mind. Um, yeah, I just felt so happy, so blessed. Um, and I tell you, things happened fast from there. Um, I, we got engaged, got settled into Southwest London Vineyard, um, and all was good. Time went by, and um, we always knew we had some difficult conversations to, um, to make with regard to family planning. But that was for another day. You know, we were happy as we were, um, and life was back on track. You know, I'm with a woman of my dreams, um, about to get married and, and head off on honeymoon. Now, two weeks before my wedding date, um, I got a call from the hospital. Um, and they wanted to, to see me about something or other. So I went along, and there was an irregularity in my, my liver test. I used to have liver tests regularly just through my hemophilia. Um, I went to see the doctors, and they told me the news that there was no trace of the, the virus in my blood. Um, retested it, and it was confirmed. Um, I was clear. Didn't make any sense to me. Didn't make any sense to the doctors. Um, said there was no precedent for it. 
couldn't understand how it happened. You know, my kind of analytical, rational mind thinks, well, maybe it was a result of the treatment, and maybe it was, it was you know, a delayed reaction, but they categorically ruled that out. Um, I was clear, healed. But, but by God, not by, by the medicine. Yeah, I absolutely believe that was a miracle. Um, it was every bit of God's plan for me to, to have a healed liver, but he, he wanted far more from me, for me, than, than just that. He wanted my whole life turned upside down. He wanted a, a new life for me, a new wife, transformation of my faith. Um, and, yeah, everything got turned upside down. So, so you know, to answer that question, how has how my faith shaped my, my family? Well, pretty directly, it's, it's given me one. Um, and what did it teach me? A couple of really simple things. Firstly, I, I have a, I've got a real belief in the power of prayer, which I know is not foreign to many of you, but I'll, I'll pray for anything. Um, and, and I know he listens, and I, I know he cares. Now, some of the little ones, I think, inherently get this a little bit more naturally than, than us grown-ups. Uh, my, my little girl, Gracie, she'll, she'll pray for anything. Raising of the dead, healing of the mat, whatever. Just no, no, no boundaries. But you know, I, I've seen it, and you know, prayer... Prayer works. Um, and the other, the other lesson I've had is, is he doesn't work to our schedule. Um, and just because I don't get results, however frustrating that is, um, you know, we're told in the, 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 the Bible we've got a prayer without ceasing, prayer, prayer with perseverance through tribulation. And, you know, I get that. I've seen it. Um, and it's true. So that's me. If any of that can be encouraging for any of you, fabulous, uh, that would be a blessing. If it's not, then hey, you, you know me a little bit better than you did before. Um, but that's all I've, I've got. God bless you all.